Hey everybody, welcome to the High School Times, a podcast made for high schoolers by a high schooler. High school is a time when we learn things about ourselves that shape us for the rest of our lives, as a place to develop our interests and figure out what makes all of us individually unique. This podcast is meant to broadcast unique student perspectives on the experiences they have lived through, the unique interests they have, and their take on general issues. Whether you're on your way to school, in the shower, or doing some homework, take a little time to turn on an episode and listen in. I'm your host, Jay John, and let's get into the episode. Hey guys, welcome to the sixth episode and second, sixth episode of the High School Times and the second episode in our college series. Today I have with me a very special guest, as always. Um, Lauren, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. So my name is Lauren Schulson. I am currently a sophomore at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles. I am majoring in theater with an emphasis in comedy, and I'm also double majoring in international relations, and I'm currently a sophomore. Right. So the reason why, well, one of the reasons I chose Lauren to be a guest on my podcast was because we both share something that is quite unique, if I don't say so myself, and that is comedy, right? So um, I'm a junior in high school and she's a sophomore in college. So our timelines didn't really line up. But uh, so when I performed my first comedy show in ninth grade, I did a show in the black box. I think, Lauren, you were a senior. I was a senior at the time. I remember when you did it. I heard all about it. <laughs> right. So so our timelines didn't quite match up. So we couldn't really like, exchange notes and stuff like that. But um, yeah, from one thing to another, like, how did you get into comedy? Like, how was that? How did it come to fruition? Well, at this, this, you know, we went to the same high school and middle school. And when we were in middle school, they'd take a week out of the year each year to, you know, you could focus on like a cooking class or you could do a writing, creative writing class. But one of the courses that they offered was um, stand up comedy and just, you know, and also we did some sketch and improv and stuff, but mainly stand up. I don't know if you did the class, Jay, yourself, but it was called Comedy Gold. There was two middle school teachers that were kind of just passionate about it that helped out. And, you know, so we worked all week to create a, a stand-up comedy um, performance and act. And at the end of the week, we um, all like competed with each other to see who could um, actually get to perform at the showcase. It was about like six of us, I think. And um, we all performed at the showcase. And then because Jim Gaffigan, his kids went to our high school um, and middle school and so on, uh, we actually got to perform for Jim Gaffigan at the end of the week. Uh, and the teacher picked me to do that. And then I got to perform for him. He gave me some advice. His wife and his agent were also there. And his wife is also very involved in Jim Gaffigan's comedy. So yeah, I got to perform for them and they gave me really good advice. And I mean, of course, it's such a crazy thing that happened that I felt very, you know, excited to want to maybe do that again. But as you know, our high school also doesn't have a huge amount of performing arts. So yeah, I never- our school is not a performing arts school. But um, you, you said it, but I did it before and I didn't actually. Um, it was on the catalog. I saw it. And <laughs> at the time, um, I was into comedy, but I wasn't as into comedy as I, I, as I am now. So I yeah. kind of glanced over it. But I also didn't know that I would be performing for Jim Gaffigan at the end of the week. So that was kind of um, something you just decided not to put in the description. Because if yeah. Jim Ga- like you'll get to meet Jim Gaffigan, one of the best comedians in the world, I would have definitely signed up. I don't know. Like they, they, yeah. they wrote some... Like they wrote a description of it, but left up probably one of the most important parts. So that was kind <laughs> yeah, of a missed opportunity. They marketed better, better. They definitely, definitely should have said something about that. But yeah, so then 
as I went into high school, I really, honestly, like I didn't do much comedy. I definitely like had my act. I'd write things down. I, you know, you probably do this too, but like to everyone else, like comedians often, like if I'm on the street and I like say something funny or hear something funny or see something, I'll always write it down. And I think that was something I did a little bit in the beginning of high school. And then I got to 11th grade and I'm sure, you know, we can talk about this as well. The summer before your 12th grade is like this big deal, everyone says. And, um, you know, you want to do something that seems very like academic and scholarly. So I wanted to do, I was always going to do a summer program at some university. USC was some, a school I was looking at because they actually do offer a emphasis in comedy. I am actually the first person who's doing the emphasis in comedy at USC, something I was not aware of at the time, but I am now. <laughs> um, yeah, so I ended up saying like, oh, let me go to USC because I can do a comedy like summer program. So I ended up going, it was really great. We did, again, sketch, improv, stand up. Uh, we did a variety of things and I got really top-notch teaching too. So that ended up being really, really great. And then I ended up applying to USC for comedy in the fall and I ended up getting in and it was, I'm very happy that I'm there now. Right. Um, I, I think I saw that actually. I was looking at, I was, um, I think in 10th grade, I was looking at different programs I can do for comedy because it's not really offered a lot. And I saw USC had one. And I'm like, dad, I, can, I, I really want to go. And my dad was like, no, I'm not paying this much money for you to go across the country for you to just tell some jokes. That's just not worth it. So my, green, my dreams were unfortunately crushed. But um, <laughs> well, you could always double major. That's what I'm doing. My parents personally did not care about that. My brother actually like did, you know, went to, he went to USC as well. He went for opera singing and he ended up switching into acting at the end of the day. So we have a lot of the same teachers and stuff, but um, he just graduated though. But yeah, no, my parents didn't care about that too much because of the whole situation with my brother, but I also am double majoring in international relations. I'm really glad I've done that. It really added a whole layer to my experience. And as much as I love and am doing comedy, I'm also, you know, I also have the thoughts of, oh, should I go to law school? Should I, you know, pursue like the UN track? So it's definitely, I get what you're saying. So if you, you know, if your parents do feel that way, you could always double major. It's the same cost. I mean, like that was like a summer program. It wasn't a, a major. So I was always, it's always been like an, Oh, you're looking at the summer programs. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So it's always been like a debate. Like, okay. So I don't think comedy is anybody's first choice in profession because it's a very hit or miss profession. Like you don't have a job in comedy. It's sort of yeah. like you either make it or you, you don't. And like, if you're, if you're going to try to make it, you're going to have to like put everything on the line. So it's rather like, will you take the safe bet or take the risk? But I mean, the double major makes it kind of safer. But um, I always, so I think for me in my comedy experience, I think like I was always known as funny because I just did funny things. Like some things I did, like I would say something that wasn't necessarily like inherently funny, but I just said it in like a funny way. And then I sort of just like, I kind of like, once I started going, I started like, it started to roll. And then, like, you know when you make a joke and then, like, you say another one and then you're just on fire, joke after joke after yeah, joke. Yeah, yeah. Conversational humor. So that's what, that was kind of me. And then... Um, no, that's great. And then what happened was I, I saw this Netflix special. Um, so obviously, like, if, if you're a comedian, you're going to have to watch some comedians if you want to learn, right? I, I went on Netflix and um, Russell Peters, who's a, he's a Canadian and Indian comedian, came out with a new show called, I think, I forgot what it's called, Almost Something, but I forgot what it was called the whole name gotcha, yeah, yeah. but he was super funny because he he did an Indian accent and that's something that I could do as well so I, I related to him a lot and I just after watching a lot of his shows I was like you know I could I could really do this right and all my friends were like yeah, yeah. Don't do it and that's what led me to eventually perform in ninth oh, that's grade really that's great 
Was the time you uh, did the uh, performance in the Black Box your first time doing stand-up? Yeah, that was my first time, and I was super nervous. So what I thought would be a good idea was um, just drinking as much sugar as possible. So our school had a cafe, and um, there was like five chocolate milks left, and I bought all of them, right? And I drank all of them before the comedy show. And then once I did it, I was just like so hyper. Like, I just didn't even feel the nerves. But um, as I you feel like that would make me sick. I feel like that would not be a good idea. I was on the verge. Like, I hit the line. Like, I hit the line of like sick and like hyper. But as you guys know, lactose is not very good for um, digesting. So I did not have a good time in the bathroom later. Yes. No. But um, I did um, I did a stand-up thing a few weeks ago, and it was a fundraiser, and we had to have like a real like a habanero pepper, and they're insanely spicy. So I had to like eat it as I was going through my act. But it actually, I I felt like it was one of my best acts ever because I was so like on top of it and hyper aware of everything. It was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, um, I think definitely always take something or drink or eat something before your act. I mean, I, I'm not saying do drugs. I'm saying like, like, eat food, <laughs> like drink something, drink a nice drink or something. Don't do drugs, but for your show, it's not, not going to work out. Actually, there's a funny story. Uh, I heard like, so on Big Sean, who's a rapper, his album, he had a snippet of Dave Chappelle just like talking about experience. And um, it talked about how he bombed in Chicago once. And it was because um, he smoked like a really strong strain of weed and he just completely bombed. So that's what happens if you, do drugs before your show. So yeah, no. Everyone always says like, oh, like people tell me they're like, oh, you should smoke pot before you go up on stage or something. And you so you know, you'd be so chill and this and that. And I'm like, why would you ever do that? Because it's like, you know, first of all, I'm not condoning drugs. But second of all, um, it's just like it is a very serious thing. When you're going up there, I mean you're memorizing so much. You have to be so aware of how the audience is. I mean you're having it why stand up so hard? It's like beyond like the jokes. You're having a conversation with you know, a group of people, but they can't speak to you back. So you truly have to engage them in a very special way and you have to make them feel connected to you. So it's like, how can you be so hyper aware of everything that's going on if you're high? Like you can't. I mean, like, I feel like the, in, like when people say, oh, you're so funny when you're high, it's kind of because like, it makes you kind of dull. It makes you kind of stupid and like things that are stupid can be funny. But the thing with stand-up comedy, it's just not like, telling like there's so many other factors you have to pay attention to like for, I think for memorizing my my sketch was only 15 minutes I had to create something called a memory palace so that was like so memory palace is basically like when you have like so just take a of an image or like a thing that's familiar to you and just like imagine in your head so like the walk home right and imagine you're walking oh home. I remember this yeah so then like you memorize different things on your walk home and you basically place like a joke or a punchline in each of the things so if I'm walking home and there's a mailbox, while I'm visualizing walking home, I know one of my punchlines is in that mailbox. Now that I'm past that mailbox and I've said that punchline, I'm going to go to the next thing I see, which is a window. And that window is something else. And you continue all the way until you're like in your apartment or like wherever you end up, right? right. That's what I had to do. But if you're high, I doubt that. I don't know from experience, but I doubt that you'll be able to um, memorize your memory palace. And yeah. um, no. it's also like, it's a, it's such a serious thing, comedy, and I I just it's also like it's art. It's a piece of art, and like you want it to be perfect. And when you're high, you just can't perform that way. I also think like to the point of like, oh, you're high and you're funny. Like, and this is not even just about being high, but like when I'm hanging out with my friends, just you know, soberly, it's like they're always like, oh, like you should bring some of what we're talking about into the stand-up comedy act. And sometimes I will write down a few things that like would work, but not everything you're just going to casually say is going to work on stage because just like you, I, you know, I really relate to the idea of like, I'll say normal things and they'll sound funny just because of the way I word them. 
And I, you know, and I'm sure you don't even realize you do it and I don't either. But the point being, it's like, I can't bring those, you know, just like random things in my act all the time. Like not everything's going to work. I remember I had this really good idea the other day and um, it was about, you know, tracking your steps on your phone and um, in relation to like sexual activity and how that would add to your calorie count. And I remember it was like, it's such a great idea, but I did it in my act and I did it for my stand-up comedy teacher. And he was like, that's so great. And it's so good. You can come up with things every week. But we both agreed that that would be better for maybe like a sketch or for a, a sitcom. So it also just depends. And I, no, I totally agree. It, it's very hard to translate who you are into stand-up comedy sometimes just because of the art form is so particular and what it accepts and like what will sound good. Right. I think, um, okay, let's say if there are any comedy, people who want to do comedy, listen to my podcast right now. Um, if you were to smoke weed, which I do not condone, and neither does Lauren, I'm pretty sure, it would probably be better for the ideating process of jokes than the actual performing part. Because I have heard around the block that um, weed does enhance your creative abilities. That's what I've heard. No, yeah. I mean, people talk about like doing LSD and smoking shrooms, like uh, not smoking shrooms, eating shrooms. Um, all the time and that enhances it i again i would not condone L doing lsd <laughs> but um yeah people just talk. I, I met with a comedian actually um in my class she came to the class and she was saying that she does lsd personally because she thinks it really it helps her with like f get her juices flowing and it's something that's really great for her and i remember asking like well besides lsd what do you do to get your juices flowing <laughs> but you know it does help some people yeah, I mean, it's basically like the equivalent of performance enhancing drugs in like the sports world. So like, yeah, um, yeah. steroids. In the same way you can get fined for that. Don't do that with comedy. Don't do drugs. I don't know how many times I've stressed this. I don't know why drugs always come up in every single one of my episodes. I think it's a problem. But um, <laughs> like I always say, don't do drugs. UJ, you're just you know, I, I look at you. I just that's exactly what I think of drugs. Just yeah. See me with like, <laughs> like um, four twenty signs around my head, swung around. I know, exactly. Um, seventeen year old over here. Um. Like for me, like I said, Russell Peters was someone who like influenced my wanting to do comedy. So was there any specific comedian besides Jim Gavigan that kind of like wanted wanted to make you do comedy? Yeah, no, for sure. I people always ask me all the time, like, who's your favorite comic? I'm like, unless you're a comedian, you might not know this name. I feel like well, your parents will know this name, but like kids our age don't. Uh George Carlin is like my favorite comedian of all time. And I know he is very um obviously like he is known as like one of the best comedians of all the time. So it is like a classic answer. But I do think one thing that I've been struggling with and I I don't know if you struggle with this, but you probably will at some point. Um I was writing an essay for my stand up one class. I'm in stand up two now, but and I was talking they were talking about like how was your experience this year? And I started getting into this idea of like what has become so dangerous for me with comedy is that I use it as a form of self-validation to feel better about who I am and like my life. And I think you do that with a lot of things. Like when you get an A in a class, you feel great about yourself. But I think what's so crazy about it, it's like you go up there for whatever, five, 10, 15, it could be a half an hour, whatever it is. And when you go up there, you're like pouring your soul out. And if you get the validation, you feel great. And if you don't, you feel awful. And what I loved about George Carlin was, and what, and you know, hopefully I can get to this level of you know, jokes and speaking at some point in my life. It's like, he made such actual, like he made actual change in our ecosystem, which is so insane to me. Like he's not just going up there to make like a sex joke or just to make, you know, make fun of someone. Like he's actually going up there and when he was doing his whole thing about like the five words you should never say and ended up going to the Supreme Court. So it's so cool to see when like comedy can really affect, you know, lives. I think the same thing with like, you know, you talk about like 
you know, these aren't stand-up comedians, but like the writers of like Modern Family, like they've changed how, you know, people see like same-sex marriage in America. So it's like those kind of things and those kind of projects are something that like I want to achieve and work on eventually. Um, and I definitely think it, t- think it takes a while to get there. Wanda Sykes is also someone I really look up to. She's just like so unbelievably like great at taking, I think one of the things, if you're not a comedian, like what's really hard is you can like make 30 second like little scenarios and joke about them. What gets really difficult is making like a five minute scenario in which you can joke about it and it continues. And she is just the master at that. It's just unbelievable. And that's again, something I'm try- I'm looking to get to hopefully by the end of, uh, eventually, I, there's no timeline, but eventually. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I have a follow-up question after this, but um, I think the way you said you described George Carlin kind of reminds me of someone who also I look up to, which is Dave Chappelle, which in my mind, yeah. I regard as the greatest comedian to ever live. <laughs> and that's just because he can he can say sex jokes that are like funnier than I could think of, which like every, anybody can make a sex joke, right? But yes. like the jokes he makes are just so well thought out and they actually like, they're related to world issues. And then like, what I think, the way I think about comedy, true comedy, not just like stupid jokes, is it's sort of like putting a pill or like a medication in a spoonful of something sweet. So like if you're giving your dog like medicine, but you feed him like, put like a sausage around it, he'll eat it, right? And that's kind of what comedy is. Like you're making people laugh, but at the same time you're teaching them something. So like, that's why I think comedy is so great. Cause if you watch Dave Chappelle's show, not only would you laugh, but like you'll learn something. Like there's a perspective, the comedian's perspective is so unique and so rare that yeah, it's just like you're amazed that they can see the world this way. And comedians really see the world in the most ridiculous way. And it's sometimes not the best, not the best thing to have, right? Because everything you see, you think of a, that's what she said joke or like a we joke. Right. So like it, it gets annoying sometimes, but. um, No, it's interesting. It's like, I also think with comedy, it's also, and this is with anything with entertainment, like in representation. Like I, I make these, I, I actually do a lot of like sex joke comedy. I'm not like a, I'm not a sex addict, but I, I do a lot of sex joke comedy just because I don't know, I just fell into it somehow. So it just happened. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm like, again, I got stuck in that validation thing. I'm like, I feel like I'm doing this because like people love it. So like, that's why I'm doing it. But it's also like, I guess, you know, there, I didn't realize this when I started, I guess, because I don't know, we grew up, you know, we grew up like I was born in 2001. So it was, you know, being like a woman never felt very like, I don't know, I just never felt unequal, I guess, in my experience, especially growing up in New York City. But one thing I started realizing is like, there really isn't like aren't a lot of women comics. And especially just like, even like I follow like the comedy seller on Instagram and like they'll post like their week set or whatever. And there'll be like three women out of like 40 or something like that. And that's just insane to me. So it's like, oh, if, if I'm making these sex jokes, like, am I actually be like representing women and like normalizing the idea of like women speaking about sex, which could be interesting. So it's also like, and you could say the same thing about Dave Chappelle when we, you know, talking about race and other things, but um you know, it's interesting to, you know, just existing and telling your story almost can sometimes also open up avenues and stuff. So that's interesting. But I also think, yes, like, it is cool that comedians have the ability to, you know, show their perspective on the world and kind of change how people think. Right. Oh, that, that was actually my follow-up question was like, being a woman in comedy, I imagine it can be tough, not saying that women can't do comedy, but like, <laughs> out of like a handful if you take all the netflix specials if i had to divvy up what percentage to get percentage breakdown of gender right. you'd probably have like 80 percent men 20 percent women and then like that one person who doesn't have gender right so like like non-binary right so like that yes. one person who's insanely funny for some reason um right. 
that's the kind of what I imagine when I look at the, at the breakdown of it. So what is it? So I want you to expand more on the idea of like, what is it like being a woman in comedy? And I just want to then after all relate to the college process. Yeah. I think my experience has been unique just because for some reason at USC, like my class right now for stand up two and stand up one, like it was mainly girls, which is very women, which is very interesting. So that's just the luck of the draw. There's also just more women at USC, like percentage wise than guys. So that could also be part of it. Um, so I had a unique experience because I constantly felt supported by women. One of my teachers for stand up one was a woman herself. Like all of that really does help change my perception, like, you know, help the perception of like, oh, there are women in comedy. I think when you like, but when you start watching like, you know, there's like a CNN, like comedy hour, FX is doing one right now. And you start hearing these stories about like, and it's so like, it's still so true. And I have a friend who goes to a school and like, she is part of like this gold comedy woman thing. And she, you know, I, I see what she's doing. Like, it's important that those, you know, groups are together of women coming together because it's like, there really is a boys club in this like comedy arena. So it is something that like does make me nervous a little bit. I think, you know, being like the idea of like going to a comedy club and there being like tons of like guys there who are performing and then also like most likely I am younger than a lot of these people. It does give me some anxiety, but I also think it's just like with a lot of careers, you know, you can also relate it to STEM. Like you're, you know, if you're, if you're a woman, it's going to be a little more difficult, but I also think, you know, the payoff will be so great. And that's kind of how I look at it. Turning into like the focus of this series, um, for me, I definitely know that my stand-up comedy will be playing a role in my college application process. For you guys out there who just don't know, just to remind you, I'm a junior, so I'll be in the thick of it all in a couple of months. <laughs> but um, what was, um, how did comedy play into your application process to college? Well, again, there's only a few schools in the country that actually have comedy. Uh, I think USC does a great job of it just because, like, even yesterday we had, like, a comedy, like, um, day or whatever, and, like, Bill Hader came, they gave him an award. Like, it's really, like, tons of people from television shows. So I think USC is great about that. That's why I chose it in the end. I also could double major, which is something I was very, well, I, you know, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to combine the two because, and I could go into that another time, but. Yeah, no. So, but there's also other schools. I know Emerson has a really good program. Uh, Columbia College in Chicago has a good program. I know UCLA has some kind of program. But at the end of the day, I looked at other theater school programs across the country. And like, I remember I'd go to schools and be like, oh, well, I'm really interested in like doing sketch, for example. And they were like, oh, well, you could start that troupe. Like you could start the improv group. You could start this. And it's just like, it's so cool if you can if you want to start things and do that, but it's definitely nice to go to a place where the program is already like engraved and like supported and well funded. So and like at the end of the day, like extracurriculars are amazing. My favorite part about college, they were my favorite part about high school. I think it really grows who you are, both academically and socially and on every level. But I do think that one thing I've loved about USC is like I actually get to take as part of my credits like a stand-up class and a sketch class and an improv class. Like I'm doing all of this or even just like a critical studies about comedy class. And it's just grown like my scope of comedy, my understanding of it. It makes me a better comedian, but it also makes me a better like um, listener and like, you know, when I'm watching comedy, like why is that funny? Oh, I can think about like relief theory and superiority theory, all these things I've learned at school. And you're not going to get that necessarily just being in a sketch troupe or something. So that's why I chose USC. That's why I, I, I did look at UCLA as well. Um, yeah, I made sure I was looking at schools where I could do both theater and uh, international relations or political science. But international relations was my main one that I wanted to do. So did you, um, did you have uh, an interview with a college 
a college interviewer? Did you have like an interview with them? I did not have an interview with USC. I've had interviews with tons of schools though, because I applied, I applied to 24 schools actually. My <laughs> four? Yeah, no, I applied to way too many schools. So I did do a lot of interviews. However, I also did part of my USC application was doing like a two for, you know, the School of Dramatic Arts. It was a two minute um, video about like anything. They just said, do you? And I, I put together, I had Ben Kessler, who was a senior at the time, help me put together a video of me just going through my daily life. And I, I definitely obviously talked about comedy. <laughs> so like in the interviews, how did you sort of, for me, because like, um, this will be useful for yeah. me, maybe someone else out there who has something similar to comedy, how did you sort of bring that, like, how did you talk about it? Like, how did you f use it into like your character development and made it like into something why you think you're a good fit for the school? Like, how did you kind of utilize that in a way that called yeah. it healing? No, totally. I think the same way I'm talking to you about it right now, I think if you sound authentic, no matter what you're saying, like as long as it's like real and it's coming from a place that you really care about, like college admissions, people are going to see that. I'm actually a Dornsife, like our school of like arts and sciences, essentially. Um, I'm an ambassador for that school. And like we did like scholarship um, interviews and I was on a panel like, you know, you know, recommending who should get the scholarship or not. And like at the end of the day, like I, you know, I'm helping decide. Right. So it's like, just be yourself, like, honestly, like, just show that you really care about something. I remember, you know, bringing this past comedy, but, like, I remember that there was this girl who, like, did calligraphy. I know nothing about calligraphy, but it's so exciting to see something new and different and just, like, someone really passionate about something. On the same end, like, there was this kid who was, like, a really good swimmer, but he loved swimming and really cared about it and showed how it made him a better person. I'm like, you know what, that's really great. I don't think it's necessarily just about what you do, but how you explain it and how you, like, personify it and make it yours. Uh, to the performing arts and comedy though, I would say that it, again, and this is something I, I'm realizing now, so this is a tip that in hindsight, I think that comedy, and we've talked about this, is like so special because you see the world in such a different way and you're able to understand the human experience so unbelievably well. And this can go for theater, musical theater, um, even singing, like you just have to see the world in such a particular way to be an artist. Um, and I think, you know, we had this, uh, we had, I was in a class yesterday and the guy from, he was one of the co-founders of Tinder and he came in to speak and he was mentioning that he feels like he's really good at being an entrepreneur because he sees the human experience, understands it, can see a problem in, you know, the human experience and try to fix that. And I think it's the same. And I said, oh, you know what? Like maybe I should go into business because I feel like I could do that really well. So I think it's like just the skill of understanding what the human experience is and how you can either comment on it or make it better. And I think that skill, whether you're gonna, whether you're gonna, you know, pursue performing arts in the future, I would say like, if you are in an interview, it is really important that you say, I've been doing these things. I love them. I'm so passionate about them. And this is how it's gonna, you know, you know, pertain to my engineering major that I'm desiring or whatever it is. I mean, for me, like, to be honest, because like throughout my middle school and some of my high school career, like it was mostly just school right so like I didn't really yeah. care about like any of it like sure like I cared like I cared about like making sure I had like VA at the end of my at my transcript at the end, mm. of the end of the year but um I didn't really care about anything until it came to the comedy where I was like I care about how this is going to come out like I care about all the tiny things like I care if I look awkward I care if the part <laughs> is too long I care yeah. like you know like it's if even something is wrong and then like I guess when you when someone explains something if the way they sound is also important because right. 
if they sound passionate, they probably are passionate. And like, it's also like just reflected in their work. Like just look at their work and it'll tell you if they're passionate or not. You can tell if it's just a, if it's just a cookie cutter piece job, yeah. it's like a carefully crafted one. But I'm um, no, also- Yeah, my teachers keep telling us like when we're do- going for auditions and this could pertain to college interviews, like always have an opinion on something be respectful of other people's opinions and like where you are and obviously, but you should always have an idea in your brain. Like, what are you thinking? And like, I think one thing, and it drives me crazy at the same time, but like being an overthinker in some ways has its positive. Like you walk around the world with a perspective on things, you see something, you might want to say something about it. Like, I think when you're constantly thinking about things, while it is very exhausting, it might cause you to like go to therapy. Like at the same time, like there is this aspect of that, you are, you have just a greater scope on the entire world. And that's like something so special. I mean, you hear, you heard it here first, but in my opinion, I think that comedians are actually the smartest kind of people in the entire world. Because yeah. just think about it, like the whole point, if you had a sum of comedies in a sentence is finding, finding small things that nobody else noticed and just pointing them out. Like yeah. that's just funny in itself. Like if you notice if you notice that someone has a stain on their shirt, right? For example, that's kind of funny. Like they didn't notice it. And then once they notice, they're like, oh, I have a stain on my shirt. That's just, that may not be the best example, but like being able no, to- Oh, it really things. is, yeah. I always find it so interesting that comedians are so like, they always say like, oh, comedians have such mental health issues and depressed and stuff. It's like so, um, it's like actually, like I get it conceptually, but like it's also interesting because if you think about it, like they're always trying to find the funny things in life too. Like they're always making, like again, to the stain on the shirt, like someone would be like, oh, like, crap like I have a stain on my shirt but like you'd be like I don't know like how did you get the stain on your shirt like and going through like the questions of it I guess yeah I mean that's exactly how I, th- I see it that's why I, well I'm also like you said about self-validation I may just be saying the comedian just want people in the world just to make myself feel better but um <laughs> hey you yeah. know you, you do what you gotta do to get through get through life exactly, exactly but um yeah. just to like cap off the episode what mm-hmm. are five no make it last three tips you have to an aspiring comedian who might happen to be listening to this podcast I feel honored that I'm able to give tips. Uh, I would say go, the first thing I would do if you were like to like start writing an act or something like that is go into your own life and look at, you know, this was something that I didn't love when I heard, but it really like, it ended up being my best material even to this day. It's like, go into your own life. Think about your family. And like, even though you think your family either is crazy or normal, like every family is the same to some extent. There always is an underlying thing. It is relatable and it's also interesting. So I would go into your family dynamics first and friendship dynamics. I think talk and then to that, like talk about the things that are truest to you. Um, and then when you're ready, you can talk about things that are more vulnerable to you, whether that's like, I don't know, like depression or like uh, whatever it is. Like you can go into that later on. But I definitely would start with like the simple things, but a- anything that's true to you. Uh, another tip I would give is don't give up. (laughs) I know that sounds so, that's cliche, but it's really, it's really true. Like, don't, like, don't get, uh, there's going to be so many times that you're going to get, like, upset about things. Like, I've had a couple, I did a couple open mic nights, like, the crowd just didn't love me that night. That sucks. Like, sucks for me. Like, I I do, you know, I'll, I'll cry, but you have to get over it. Like, you have to make sure, you know, go out again, because someone will love you and you'll get better at it. And then that's a really great feeling. Like there's no better feeling in the world than like when you do a great set and the people are really receptive to you. Um, So yeah, just don't give up. And then the third thing I would say is, 
and this is something we've been doing in class a lot it's like make sure you're writing things down and writing like about we do like about a minute a week i would say like be writing things down and write something down every week try to make it like a few jokes every week i think it's you know if you're writing things down during the week things will definitely come up in your life and then you'll have so many different like things to work from when you actually are like someone says oh like would you want to do a 15 minute set for something like i ha i had like I, a few weeks ago someone asked me like can you do a 10 minute set like i had so much stuff to pick from and it was like basically like, it's a free fall and then it made me i had no nerves because i was like i've done this stuff i have so much of it like it's great so just make sure you're writing things down taking things from your life and then like a tiny tip that's fun like i like i tell my friends like oh i write things down so then if i say something they'll be like i know Sydney Dean, who like went to avenues as well. Sometimes I'll talk to her on the phone and then she'll be like, oh, Lauren, write that down. And like, that's so helpful. I got like a full, like two minutes out of something once just because she told me to write it down. So that's really helpful too. I think, I think one of my friends says that as well for me, but um, thank you so much for being on this show. And no, no, I'll thank you for having you. me. And I'll see you in the next one, guys. 20, I love this one.